Anastasia. The ancient peoples that once lived on the present Slavic territories really had a rich spiritual heritage, as evidenced by archaeological findings containing the relevant spiritual symbols and signs dating back to the 12th to 4th millennia BC. It's just that today, obviously, it is to someone's advantage that modern people who live on those territories mistakenly believe that their ancestors supposedly descended from savage tribes who had no spiritual heritage. Rigdon People should consider why such an opinion is being imposed upon them and their children and why everything is being done to ensure that people themselves are not interested in something greater, in what they are not supposed to know, as defined by those in power. Why, having the present technical capabilities of the civilization, the world's priests carry on with information attacks upon these people's consciousness, making Ivans who do not remember their kinship out of them. Anastasia Yes, if the Slavic peoples wake up from their spiritual slumber, then they, following the generosity of their soul, will spiritually awaken other peoples, and this all-people's awakening will affect the whole world. You had once told us some interesting information about the revelation of John, in particular, how he wrote the story of the Apocalypse using the Jewish priest's information, who had borrowed much from ancient Greek legends, religious beliefs of the Eastern peoples, including from Egyptian and Babylonian myths. I have included all this in the book Sensei 4. So John, as you mentioned, also wrote about the throne set in heaven on which there was the sitting one. Most importantly, he speaks of the same four apocalyptic beasts standing around the throne. Rigdon Yes, John also had he who is sitting, who looked like gemstones, like jasper and carnelian and the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. Of course, it is all the same. Again, the same colors of gemstones that symbolize goddess Isis and other conductors of a lot. Again, it is the same throne that was set in heaven, and the sitting one was on the throne. Before the throne, a sea of glass like crystal, and seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. In the middle of the throne and about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. Each of the four beasts had six wings about him and were full of eyes inside and out. Without stopping day or night, they were saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and who is coming. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne and worship Him that lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. John simply used the information of the Jewish priests, and the latter copied most of this knowledge 
from the legends of other peoples, having naturally appropriated them to form concepts from the mind and create their own religion. Only as a basis, he took the plot naturally not about the creating power of Allah for the living people, but about the judgment of every person after death of his physical body. The ancient Egyptians called it the after-death court of the supreme god Osiris. The wife of the latter, I remind you, was considered to be goddess Isis. I once told you about Osiris. His name means one who is at the top. He is considered to be the lord of the afterlife world, who holds court over every human soul after earthly life, deciding its further fate. In the modern version of the translation of the papyrus text, which tells about the afterlife court, the epithet of the person who enters this court sounds quite amusing, freshly dead. As they say, as the person understands life, so he translates it into another language. The ancient Egyptians believed that life continues also after death of the physical body, but in a different form and in a different space. This view was based on the knowledge that was once given to all people. The place of court, the transition state of human after the physical death, in the underworld, was called by the ancient Egyptians as the great hall of two truths. Osiris at the court, as a being from the supreme spiritual world, was symbolically depicted sitting on a cubic throne his feet resting on a square base. He judges from the top of the cube, to which, as a rule, points the marked vertex of the cube. At the court, in the great hall of two truths, the four defenders of Osiris' throne are also present. Anastasia I remember you once showed us a copy of the papyrus with an image of the court of Osiris. There were also the four defenders of the Osiris' throne in the underworld who stood on a lotus flower before the judge. Rigdon. Indeed, according to the legend, they are sons of the son of Osiris, of Horus, Horus meaning one who is from the sky. Each of them is protected by a certain goddess who is depicted as a winged woman. The names of the sons of Horus are Amsat, Happy, Duamutev and Kwebensinuev. Amset has a human face. Happy was depicted with the head of a monkey, Duamutev with the head of a jackal, Kwebensinuev with the head of a falcon. These main four are consistently mentioned in the pyramid texts, in the coffin texts, in the Book of the Dead, and other religious and magical literature of the ancient Egyptians. Of course, already a large part of the spiritual knowledge has undergone changes and distortions due to interpretation from the mind with domination of the material thinking, but nevertheless, some echoes have remained. In the original spiritual sense, these are precisely the four main human essences. This is exactly the part of the human structure, the real witnesses of the invisible world, that like flight recorders of the aircraft, record all of the avert and covert deeds of the personality, thoughts, choices, and preferences during the spent life. The back essence, Amsat, was depicted in a human form as a symbol of all of the human past. 
the past life of different personalities, subpersonalities, and the earthly reincarnations of the soul. John describes it in the following way. The beast had a face like a man. The right essence, happy, was depicted with the head of a monkey, Hamadryas baboon, as a symbol of wildness, herd instinct, manifestations of animal instincts, strength, anger, and aggression. John describes it as the beast like a calf, a herd animal. The left essence, duomotive, with the head of a jackal as a symbol of a highly developed animal, of lightning-fast attack, dexterity, intelligence, and cunning. John describes it as an animal like a lion. In general, it should be noted that in the associative image of a jackal, the ancient Egyptians very accurately captured the main characteristics of the left essence during its attacks on a person with the corresponding thought forms. Because the jackal also deftly sneaks up on the victim unnoticed and seizes it sharply, it is characterized by audacity and insolence of sudden attacks. It can even seize a bird rising into the air from a high jump. Besides, it is very loud. This beast produces a whining cry when it goes hunting. It howls so loudly that the animals nearby begin to repeat it and to whine in response. And finally, the symbol of the front essence is Quibi Sinuev, with the head of a falcon. John described it as a living creature like a flying eagle. An eagle is already a comment from the priesthood. The falcon was indeed a symbol of spiritual freedom of the person who was aspiring for the spiritual path, upwards, heavenward, towards liberation of his soul. It was also a symbol of inspiration, ascension through all the levels, and victory over matter. In Egypt, it was the falcon that was the king of birds, the heavenly nature, one of the first manifestations, a symbol of God, Ra. And for many other peoples, such as the Incas, it was also a solar, sun symbol that guarded the spiritual path of a human and strengthened his spirit. This was compared to the falcon's ability to soar high and long, to be close to the sun. In the Book of the Dead, these four essences are also called Masters of the Truth and Verity, the Supreme Princess standing behind Osiris's back, the Pillars of Shu. Shu, according to cosmological legends, is the one who once raised the sky from the ground and is holding it up, that god of air that divides heaven and earth in the sacred legends about man, a designation of his shadow in the invisible space. They were placed on the lotus flower and later at the sides of the throne, behind the throne, or in front of the throne. John has it as in the midst of the throne and around the throne. Anastasia Back then, you had mentioned that in front of the one sitting on the cube, Osiris, there is the symbolically depicted animal mind in the form of a lion, as well as a faded lotus flower on the altar. Of the latter, only the seed vessel remains, on which, as a matter of fact, stand these four essences. Rigdon, that is right. As I have already said, the lotus in this form was usually depicted as the symbol of the spiritual result of the personality's life path after the death of its body. 
A lotus with petals is a symbol of active life, and when petals fall off, the core remains, the spiritual seeds that man gains during his lifetime. The image of the papyrus symbolically shows four main essences, like witnesses, standing on this core. They are, simply put, the information about each day the person has lived, so to speak, second by second. The notation above them, as a rule, displays symbolic marks of the count of thoughts and deeds, sins of a person, recorded by each essence. This is a kind of conditional indicator of the quantitative equivalent of the active domination of each essence during the life lived by the personality. It is impossible to hide anything. All the secrets are revealed. These four essences become like silent witnesses that never lie. All the person's deeds, thoughts, emotions, experiences, all the temptations, what the person was seduced by, and what he chose throughout life, all is there before the judge. Anastasia It is interesting that the ancient Egyptian papyrus clearly showed that the human soul does not take part in this process. It only awaits its fate according to the results of the testimonies of the four essences while being on the scale. Rigdon Yes, usually next to it near the bowl, the symbol of the front essence was additionally depicted, a figure with the head of a falcon, indicating its involvement in the weighing thus associatively demonstrating how active it was during the person's lifetime. And one of the essences of the animal nature, the back, the right, or the left one, was as a rule put near the opposite scale on which there was a figure of the goddess of justice and truth, Maat, or its attribute, a feather. Here, the dominant essence of the animal nature was depicted, showing how active it was during the entire human life. Most often, the left essence, the jackal-headed figure, was depicted in this place. It is considered to be the oldest one, the one leading the back and the right essences, and the cleverest hypostasis of the animal nature in a human. Anastasia If we view this from the perspective of spiritual knowledge, it turns out that these essences at first provoke certain thoughts in a person during his lifetime, and then, based on his choice, they record to what he pays the most attention and gives life energy. And after his death, they so to speak rat out his personality at this court? Rigdon, that is how it is. However, this court takes place not in the way people have made it up, explaining the processes of the invisible world to each other through associative images that people of the three-dimensional world can understand. These are simply inevitable processes for every personality, taking place, shall we say, at the level of energy and information which awaited after death of the physical body. Anastasia So if during its lifetime the personality mostly chose the animal nature, activating mainly its back and lateral essences, then, in fact, it became a sealed subpersonality, and the soul was again immersed in the material world of the animal mind. That is, its reincarnation occurred, and another confinement in the material body. Rigdon. 
Indeed, the soul was again confined, using the language of religion, in hell. In ancient Egypt, for example, this was symbolically depicted as devouring, swallowing the soul by the monster called Amat. This monster personified the animal world of intelligent matter in its image, moreover indicating the three dimensions of the world into which the soul was sent. In particular, Amat had the traits of three animals, the crocodile, the lion, and the hippopotamus. That is, simply put, the soul was sent to reincarnation, returning once again to the earthly life of the three-dimensional world. And if activation of the front essence outweighed during the human life, then the soul became free. According to the ancient Egyptian beliefs, it was sent on the solar ship that also was called the ship of eternity, the ship of million years, to Euro, Yalu, Elysian fields, paradise, that is, to another spiritual world. Anastasia And if we consider that the ancient Egyptians, just like other peoples, such as the Tripolian civilization, depicted the solar ship in the form of a latra sign, a crescent with a circle, the smile of Ra, then the comparison becomes quite intriguing. The one who had once given this knowledge obviously knew much more about the dimensions of the universe and the spiritual world than was subsequently reflected in the religious concepts and beliefs of those peoples. Rigdon, all this exists and it all has always been. All this is the symbolism of the real energy processes which take place when the personality, together with the soul, leaves the body after its physical death. It is just that all this was explained for a spiritually immature person, for the logic of his material mind, using associative examples of the three-dimensional world which the society of that time could understand. Anastasia Yes, it turns out that there it is impossible to change anything. What you have chosen here for yourself is what you get there. Life is indeed a very responsible business. Trials, the burden of life, are truly given according to my strength and nothing beyond that. And the main thing is that I understand that in fact it is not difficult for me to control myself here and now, ignore these provocative whispers of the back and the lateral essences, because it is all in my hands. It is I who chooses whether to listen to them or not. I just need a little more control on my part. If some quality of the animal nature has manifested itself somewhere, I must not allow it to develop in me. I must focus more in this moment on positive thoughts and do more spiritual and constructive deeds during the day. This has been said from century to century. We can recall, for instance, recent periods. Let us take, for example, lines from Jesus' biblical Sermon on the Mount, The lamp of the body is the eye. So then, if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light, but if your eye is evil, your whole body will be full of darkness. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Rigdon Quite true. Already the one who reaps is receiving rewards and gathering fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper can rejoice together. 
This, in one form or another, is said in almost all the traditional religions of the peoples of the world that have spiritual grains. For example, in the Holy Book of Islam, the Quran, the following things are mentioned. The Almighty, having created the heavens and the earth in six days, placed on the water surface His magnificent throne, which covered the heavens and the earth, and from which He directs His creation. His throne was rested on the water, so that He may test to find out which of you is the best in deeds. Surah 11, verse 7 Moreover, the throne is referred to by two terms, kursi, a throne, an elevated sitting place, and arsh, the highest place that embraces all that exists and is above it. Arsh embraces kursi and is located above it. According to the Muslim beliefs, it is thought that the throne now rests on the shoulders of four greatest angels supporting it. According to the legend, these angels have different faces. One of them has the face of an eagle, the second one of a lion, the third one of a calf, and the fourth one of man. The Quran mentions that angel Jabrail, who passes on the revelations of the Almighty to prophets, including in the form of scrolls and books, and who comes to help in case of need, tells Muhammad about the spiritual mysteries of the human soul, waging its fight in space and time, about reward and retribution for each person on Judgment Day for the deeds in the earthly world. Surah 17, which tells the story of Muhammad's ascent to the seventh heaven thanks to angel Jabrail, has such words. Ayah 11 Man prays for evil as fervently as he ought to pray for good, for mankind is ever hasty in being unwise. Ayah 15 He who follows the direct path follows to his own advantage, but he who goes astray by delusion from that path does so to his own loss. And no laden soul will bear another's load, and no one ever was punished by us until a messenger was sent to them with a warning of punishment and a message about the right, direct path. Here, it is worthwhile paying attention to these and the following lines from the summit of understanding of the already available knowledge. For example, knowledge of characteristics of the human structure in six dimensions, the activity of persons' four main essences, including their testimony at the afterlife court, about the aspiration of the human soul for eternity, its desire to live the last life in the material world, about the many desires of the animal nature, which block the soul in transient lives and are stimulated by the three essences for the purpose of implementing the human choice. Ayah 18 He that desires benefits of life transient, temporary, we will immediately deliver to him those things, to whomsoever we also wish as we please. And only then we will assign to him hell, where he will burn, outcast, and despised. Ayat 19 He that desires the life of the hereafter and looks for eternity of the future world and strives for it as it ought to be striven for, being a believer, in God with his whole soul, 
he's the one whose striving with benediction will be accepted by God. Anastasia Yes, the meaning is deep. So Jabrail spoke about the activity of these four essences in relation to a human being. That is, if a person gives attention and wishes for what the right, the left, and the back essences suggest to him, he will get what he desires. Only he will then have to answer for his choice with his own sufferings, having become a subpersonality in reincarnations, in hell, burned outcast and despised, burdening the soul with new enslavements in matter. And if a person wants to break the cycle of earthly reincarnations, and escape into the eternity of the spiritual world, and he tries in his life to do everything in his power to develop spiritually so that this earthly life becomes the last one for him, then he has a chance to be accepted in the spiritual world. Yes, such wise lines of the Quran truly reflect the spiritual essence which has come down to the present day from the depths of the ages. It's just that many people especially the young generations, are unfamiliar with such spiritual literature of different peoples as, for example, the Vedas, the Avesta, Tripitaka, the Bible, and the Quran, for that matter, just like I was at their age. That's why many of them don't even know that information about the Judgment Day is in Quran as well. Rigdon, of course about the Judgment Day and about the book of all the actions of a person during his lifetime and about the justice scales. For example, Surah 99, the earthquake, Az-Zalzalah, Ayah 7 and 8, says, Whoever has done at least an atom's weight of good shall see it there, get requital for it, and whoever has done at least an atom's weight of evil shall see it there get requital for it. Each person will give an account of his thoughts, actions, and deeds. The world of Islam knows to this day the words of the Prophet Muhammad. On the judgment day, man will not escape the place of the account until he answers four questions. How did you spend your life? How did you use your body? How did you earn and use your property? How did you use your religious knowledge? Anastasia. In actuality, this is an account that is related to the four essences, because the back essence, the human past, is how you have spent your life. The right essence is the animal instincts of man, how a person used his body. The left essence is the thirst for power and numerous earthly desires associated with it. The front essence is how the person developed spiritually throughout his entire life. Rigdon. Absolutely. In Surah 21, the Prophets, Al-Anbiya, Ayah 47, it says, On Resurrection Day, we shall set up scales of justice so that no one will be dealt with unjustly in any way, not even as small as a grain of a mustard seed. For none can take account of deeds as we do. Anastasia. Indeed. People see only the outer religious shell of the face unknown to them, but do not even try to grasp the essence of spiritual grains that are laid there. Rigdon. Unfortunately, that is so. Mentions of the soul's two paths, the true and the false one, 
exist also in the ancient Indo-European mythology. They have also been preserved in the Upanishads' treatises, which are considered to be the final part of the Vedas, where sacred knowledge and explanations of the secret inner meaning of the spiritual path are laid out. This work is the basis of the orthodox religious philosophical systems of India. The ancient Iranian religion of Zoroastrianism, the sacred book of which is the Avesta, also talks about the man's personal judgment after the death of his body. In particular, it is mentioned that the after-death fate of a human depends entirely on how many righteous good thoughts, words, and deeds he has accumulated during his life. Three days after death of the body, the human soul goes to the bridge of requital, Shinbat, for the judgment which is executed by the sons of Ahura Mazda, Mithra, Sraosha, and Rashnu. The actions committed by the person during his earthly life are weighed on the scales by Rashnu, the spirit of righteousness, direct, honest. By the way, according to religious treatises, Ahura Mazda had four sons, Mithra, Sraosha, Rashnu, and Ashi, the essence of the truth, the true law of the universe. The Ashi term was also used in the meaning of the name of the goddess of faith, truth, and justice. Ancient Iranian legends mention that each person after death, at the entrance to the other world, would always meet his Diana in a female form, the embodiment of his inner spiritual world. Only for the righteous, it appeared as an image of a beautiful girl, and it was believed that the righteous person passed as if through four steps, beginning with the first step, into the heaven of good thoughts, with the second step, of good words, with the third one, of good deeds, and after the fourth step, he reached infinite light. And those who wasted their lives on the earthly amassed for themselves bad thoughts, words, and deeds, were considered cursed souls. For such a burdened soul, Diana appeared in the form of a dreadful old woman. Such a soul passed through three hells of evil thoughts, words, and deeds, and ultimately, at the fourth stage, it faced the supreme deity of the evil of Ahriman and his helpers. Anastasia even though this is a legend, a lot of real information has been put into it. Rigdon While the purpose of creating legends was to pass information even through those who do not understand it. So different world religions, such as Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, Zoroastrianism, and Hinduism, in one form or another, speak about this, so to say, personal judgment, which not a single living person will escape after death of his physical body. This knowledge exists and was present among almost all the peoples of the world, although it was expressed differently. For example, since ancient times, the notion judgment, court, among the Slavs, was used to mean fate, and later, deities associated with the human destiny. It was believed that the court holds in its hands all that is good and disastrous, and that its sentences are impossible to avoid, neither with mind nor with cunning. Anastasia To this day, different peoples interpret the concept of judgment, just like in the ancient Indian language, as connection and unity.
For example, the ancient Scandinavians and Germans interpreted it as a strait, a place that you can swim across, and the Greeks as a vault. Rigdon, absolutely right. By the way, in the religious beliefs of ancient Greeks, the supreme god Zeus was the leader of the goddesses of fate, Moiras. It was believed that all the people have Moira. The Greek word Moira means fate, destiny. In early religious beliefs, they called it the inevitable law of nature, the divine predestination. According to the beliefs of the ancient Greeks, Zeus ruled over the earth and below it and passed judgment on the dead. It was mentioned that the behests of the human fate were often unknown to Zeus, and it was only on golden, celestial solar scales where one scale embodied human life and the other one stood for death that he learned his fate. Zeus himself remained indifferent to the weighing results, and for the living people, he took the good and the evil out of the two vessels and handed them out blindly to people at random. In the Chinese beliefs, there are mentions of the books of fate which are stored in the other world where the main events and the duration of life are indicated for each living person. In the Sumero-Akkadian religious beliefs, it was thought that to die meant to meet your shimta, in other words, that which invisibly accompanied a person throughout his entire life and which determined his further fate. By the way, there were the concepts of Shedu and Alayd as two opposing forces that were embodied in the human life force, defining his character and destiny. At that, the word Alayd was used in the meaning of creation, and such examples are quite numerous. Anastasia, you once mentioned that none of the popular beliefs in the ancient world, none of the world religions, would have become so widespread among people had they not included information about the invisible world, the human structure, about the spiritual stages of human development, about the responsibility of the personality for the life spent, and the cautions about the consequences of its choice. Rigdon Religion is only an external form, the variety of which was invented by priests at different times, mainly for the implementation of their earthly goals. However, the foundation for the superstructure, as such a form of different speculative concepts, was the spiritual knowledge which was passed down from generation to generation by different peoples. Otherwise, these religions would not have been attractive to the masses. With their soul, at the inner level, people do feel the real spiritual grain, no matter what husks from the human mind priests use to cover it up with. Anastasia Yes, you have repeatedly told us that after death of the person's body, whether he likes it or not, personal judgment on him takes place in the invisible world. As I understand, in religious concepts, for example, of Christianity, Islam and Zoroastrianism, there is a fusion of notions of personal judgment over a person after his death and the overall judgment of mankind, which you have mentioned before, saying that a collective judgment day has been set for the entire living humankind. Rigdon, quite right. These are the times of the crossroads, 
This was foretold a long time ago in different prophecies that at a certain time, while people are alive, the collective judgment will take place for the entire humanity.